Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 86 of the Seas Show. Keep stockpiling. Love it. Every single week, releasing some good content. It feels pretty good, man. Um, honestly, you know, we've been just going through a lot of BS within the United States, but, yeah. you know, I'm not the type to lose focus of whatever's going on, um, and, I, and I see the bigger picture, but... The little healing factor that we have with the NBA coming back, I, I have to say, is pretty lovely as well, too. Um, so it's pretty good to always have, you know, more content that's basketball related uh, to address as well, too. But before we get into today's episode, which is episode 86, I always like to rehash everything. So on episode 85 of the season show, it was your boy Trade XXIV and myself, and we discussed a couple of topics. The 2K21 cover athletes, J.R. Smith officially signing with the Lakers, um, the strength of schedule for the 8th through 13th seed for the battle for the 8th seed, um, you know, the Nets being in shambles of multiple injuries and positive cases, um, you know, social injustice, uh, Jersey labels, uh, Victor Oladipo sitting out, uh, Patty Mills and Dwight donating their paychecks to a greater cause, um, you know, for the movement that's going on. Dwight actually enlisting back into, uh, you know, the NBA for the Lakers and much, much more. Uh, very good episode, and um, I hope you guys enjoy it as well, too. So uh, before we get into today's hottest topics for episode 86, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for my boy, for my co-host, the one and only the OG, Trade Day XXIV. Let's go. What's up, y'all? Welcome to episode 86 of the Caesar Show. So woo, 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 woo. hope everybody's doing well. Um, it seems like, you know, you got to keep your head on the swivel nowadays. But um, we are here in the here and now. The present's all we got. So let's make the most of it. Let's do this. You already know. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Cheers. All right. So. Get that water. Mm. First thing I want to talk about is the one and only light skin. Fresh Prince. Sniper. 6'10". Sniper. Australia. Pew, pew, pew. Can shoot from wherever. More truth for your head top. <laughs> ben Simmons. So Ben Simmons made two separate headlines in the past couple of days. We're going to talk about the first one first. Um, so basically, Brett Brown came out and said that uh, he's thrilled with what's been going on as far as like uh, the many practices that you know the 76ers have been having since they've been in the bubble and whatnot. Um, and one thing that he said was, you know, my plan is to place Ben Simmons exclusively at the power forward position um, as well too. And he thought that you know he's very dynamic. Um, you know, you know, basically, so I'm quoting. He said he's so dynamic. Uh, let's just talk about running. There's nobody faster in the NBA. So to always have the ball and dribble it up against five players to do that dilutes some of his potent weapons. So watching him fly up the floor, watching him and Joel play off of each other has been a really good look. I think they've been fantastic together as well too. Um, ben Simmons kind of weighed in on it a little bit as well too. They're kind of doing. Um, like a virtual uh, interview uh, with the media members, which is pretty dope through Zoom, you know, to ensure players are safe, minimize the amount of people that go into the bubble, and, you know, you know, we, we want answers. Uh, so basically Ben Simmons was like, it, he could care less. He's all in. Um, he said, you know, if you put me on the floor, I'll make anything happen. Um, you know, he makes plays. He gets buckets. Um, he stops people. He can guard anybody through the one through five. He can run the floor, uh, you know, get to the rim, um, score, you know, wherever you put him, um, he's going to make it happen. Uh, so 
he said for people who are constantly, you know, talking about the NBA and whatnot, you know, that's us creating that narrative of one through five. And we kind of gone to um, a positionless, you know, time as well, too. So it really don't matter as well. But um, it's going to be interesting because at first, obviously, um, their GM brand, Elton Brand, he um, essentially, you know, lost on Jimmy Butler, lost on JJ Redick, and he could have signed any other free agent. I think there would have been a couple pieces that they could have gotten, but he decided to go with um, Al Horford. So yeah. obviously Al Horford, in many's opinion, you know, thought he was overpaid. I don't necessarily think he's overpaid. I just feel like with the team that he's in, the system that they're trying to run, he's not as valuable as we thought he would be. Okay. Um, so we started at the four with Embiid at the five, with Richardson at the two, Ben Simmons at the one, and at the three had Tobias Harris. Now um, it's looking like it's going to be shake, shake, shake. Milton at the one, Richardson at the two, Harris at the three, Simmons at the four, and Embiid at the five. Um, so I feel like he's going to be very effective in the post. Um, you know, he's going to utilize his size, so it's going to be, you know, cause a mismatch for a lot of people as well, too. I feel like he's going to get double teamed a lot, therefore opening up the floor for everybody. Obviously, we know he's one of the best passers um, in the NBA, and he's just going to take, like I said, size of, take advantage of his sizes and athleticism. And most importantly, um, it's about time Brett Brown try to shake something up as well, too, because we all know that his job is kind of on the line. You know, we had this whole X amount of years for trust the process. You know, we finally got him through the process. They won 50 games one year, came back, uh, were basically a lucky bounce, you know, from getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. And no one knows who, what happens after that against the Bucks. Um, and now to, you know, go into – you know, the start of season where everyone rules them the basically the prohibitive favorite um, to get to the finals or at least the Eastern Conference finals. And for them to kind of take a step back, you kind of really had to think like what can happen now. Um, but what are your thoughts on, you know, Ben Simmons finally playing the power forward full time? Um, it kind of seems like like we're gearing up for like a boxing match, and like you know, like the, the hype man is like, he's six sights, he can shoot it, he can dribble the ball, he can do it all. Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons, he'll knock you out. Like you know, he's a hitter hyping him up. You know, it's like dog. He's a basketball player. That's what he's supposed to do. We're paying him to do. You know what I'm saying? And then Ben Simmons is in, in the, over there in the corner, like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do it too. You know, like, he's like weighing at like a a UFC match, man. And um, I just uh, I think it's dope, though. I mean, Simmons at the four, which is gonna open the floor up for them. I mean, the 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 sheer fact that you just alluded to them wasting a whole bunch of money on Al Horford is very tough. And from a management standpoint, and possibly a coaching standpoint, could put the nail in the coffin. Uh, honestly, but you know, that's not what I want to get on. Uh, I think again, I said last week I, I made a very bold position. I said I was sending the Sixers to the to the finals, so we'll, we'll put a pin in that. And if I'm very wrong, we won't talk about it. But if I'm very right, you're gonna hear that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> get my money. <laughs> nah, chill out, chill out, chill out. Right. Um, but <laughs> no, nah, I mean, I, I think is is. High time to shake some stuff up. I mean, you have the best player in the league, Shake Milton. Um, <laughs> you got Richardson. <laughs> like Shake, Shake is hooping, dog. Nah, he was hooping. He was hooping. COVID happened, bro. Dog, for real. especially when Ben Simmons had that lower back and shoulder injury. How you gonna guard back? somebody named Shake? You're not. <laughs> I, I promise you, I'm not lacing up against him. Promise you that. Um, so yeah, uh, it's just, it just seems like a little strong, little shake up. I mean, people are gonna have to account for that. And 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 it kind of 
helps them match up for teams that do play a little bit quicker, which is, again, it's becoming basketball nowadays. You got the Miami Heat that run solar powered on, like, you know, Bam and, like, he, him being a Swiss Army knife. You have the 625, 613, 612, 611, 610 uh, point guard in, um, in Giannis over there. And you have, you know, the, the, uh, Toronto, who are kind of the the perennial powers in the Eastern Conference, that do play a, a a quicker style of basketball. I think the most conservative team as far as style of basketball might be Toronto, honestly. And then you can still put Siakam in and Ibaka that are quicker big men. So I mean, it's again the the is speeding up. The, the the slower guys are coming in off the bench per se. You're kind of anchors in the paint, uh, and and it helps that. You know, Joel Embiid is a once-in-a-lifetime uh, big man and can kind of get it done with his athleticism. You know, you're going to have a mismatch with him either on offense or on defense, if not both, if you don't play your cards the right way. So I think him shaking it up is a really good thing. Now, you know, on to Ben Simmons shooting threes. Uh, ben Simmons shooting threes. Are so, we going to see it? Uh, well, before we even see it, I yeah, I just wanted to, you know, <clears throat> start that out as another topic. But – you called it. So basically today, uh, Ben Simmons uh, went viral yet again. Um, it seems like it's kind of like the boy who cried wolf or I don't really know how to describe it. Like we always. All right. So, you know, that one dude who, you know, for a fact is always about that talk and never about that action. Okay. And he always be like, yeah, 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 I got this joint coming out. I got this joint coming out at the time. Come on, where's happening? What's happening? Yo, I'm working on it, working on it. I feel like that's how it is with Ben Simmons. Okay. Love the guy. I think he's one of the best players in the NBA. But, um, like I said, he went viral and he was shooting a bunch of threes. His form looked all right. Um, and he was just drilling the threes as well, too. So, I mean, this is some things we've seen in the past. Um, and... Snell, basically Tony Snell, uh, he was like, yo, you should be shooting way more. Your shot looks good. Ben Simmons said, Orlando, it's Orlando. And then Snell said, Orlando, well, I'll be watching. Simmons said, I'm coming for it. I'm coming for it. So, maybe he's a liar. Said, Do you think <laughs> that Ben Simmons is going to add a three-point shot? Now, my biggest thing was... There's some people who obviously like he's on the grandest stage of all when you're playing in front of 18,000 plus people on every given night. But maybe with the whole the shooting aspect, he kind of gets nervous being around a large crowd. So do you think with no crowd being there um, and it essentially being a new season? Because let's face it, like we took a three month hiatus. That's basically how much how much time you have to work on your game and whatnot. Yeah. Do you see him attempting more threes? Because if you looked at this past season, um, he actually. Attempted six threes, uh, made two of them, and uh, you know that's not a that's not a that's not a bad start. Thirty three percent this year, you know. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on everything? You know man? where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do this. Um, ben Simmons is the the shawty that you kick it with once, and it's real dope. And you keep texting her to kick it. You know what I'm saying? Like you know kick it, you know, get to know her some more, but she always has an excuse because she's still hanging out with her ex uh, that she can't stand. That she told you about yeah. that was trash. Uh-huh. That didn't do her right. Lay the pipe down. But 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 I wasn't even going there. I'm guilty of that. <laughs> but um <laughs> <laughs> that didn't treat that didn't treat her right. But you're over there like, hey, 
What's up? What you doing? Oh, it's going to have to be another day. Or she makes plans with you. And then once it comes to the time, she's like, hey, you know, something came up. Hey. It's like, Shadi, it's 10 o'clock at night. Nothing came up. Yeah. You're with him. Yeah. And I love you. So, but, 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 tying it back into basketball, I'm on one today, guys. Um, it's a good day. Uh, but tying it back into basketball, um, I want to see him shoot threes, but the track record shows, and you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, can't put the blame on you. Cool. I'm not, just, I'm not going. I'm not going. <laughs> fool me three times, the peace sign, let it rain on you. <laughs> but uh, I'm not, I'm not going for it, man. I don't know if we're actually gonna see him shooting a plethora of threes in the game, and I mean like him shooting like dame like threes in a way kind of like expanding the range because we know Ben Simmons can get past people I mean he's a forward that plays the point guard role and could be devastating but unless he's going to pull up and make people respect him kind of in that range definitely anytime he's open or vaguely open for that I don't I don't believe it I don't believe it because him just shooting one or two more threes a game is still not him shooting threes to me. And the fact that we've been having this conversation is telling me that he's not going to shoot threes. It's kind of it's, – it's like rhetorical. So, Who knows? I feel like even what you said, like with the whole a girl um, still stuck on her ex or whatnot, like – or she just doesn't want you. That too. And it, but you, you, like you said, you start to notice these cycles. Patterns. Right? Yeah. And I'm starting to notice this cycle with Ben Simmons as well, too. And for me, I don't know if because of COVID, he has a new perspective on things as well, too. But for me, a lot of times when you reach a certain age, like unless something like traumatic or something major happens to you, you're not going to want to change. So he can't be shooting threes. It's easy to shoot threes when no one's there. But we'll see um, when the time comes as well. But like we said, this is, this is like a you know, kind of like an AAU type of situation. Like we said, there's no fans there or anything. It's literally probably just a little bit of the media. Obviously, obviously the camera people, you know, televising the games and a little bit of the media and the players and, and essential staff and reps. But mm-hmm. aside from that, like, there's no excuses anymore as well, too. <laughs> I mean, obviously, he's going playing the power forward. So that already lets me know that Brett Brown's like, yo, you're fucking up our floor spacing. So we're going to lose you down, dude. <laughs> oh, God. So I don't even see him, you know, attempting threes like that. Maybe... May- it would be nice if he at least does one a game. If he can just attempt one a game, yeah. that'll be lit. But I really doubt that's going to happen as well, too. So, ladies and gentlemen, a couple weeks from now, when the season starts, me and Trey will update you on if Ben Simmons shoot threes consistently. But from here on out, I don't believe that. All right. Yeah, <laughs> so, obviously, last week, uh, we talked about Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo uh, essentially came out and said, you know, I've never had this type of injury before. Um, I'm still trying to get back to 100%. Plus COVID, I don't want to put myself at risk. So I'm basically not going to play, even though I'm going to travel with the team, which if someone gets infected on our team, I still have a chance of getting affected. If you're going to be around the team the whole time, like, like come on, bro. Anyways, I on, bro? respected it. Yeah. And we talked about it. We said what he came back like. After they already played, what, 45, 50 games. Um, so although we know the talent that he provides um, to his team, the extra umph umph to his team is just like they've been doing so well without you and they essentially don't need you right now. But, um, you know, they said that when he got to the bubble, he started to work out a little bit. And I think the, the major concern was I think he tore his 
Uh, I want to say it's his patellar tendon. Um, so he tore his patellar tendon, and um, essentially no one of his caliber, still in their prime, has had that gruesome of an injury. So he didn't really know how his body was going to react. But from doing a little bit of scrimmaging um, and practicing, he said he feels really, really good. So there's some optimism that he's you know, going to be reconsidering his decision to uh, not sit out um, as well, too. So uh, he said, as quote, it was hard for me to assess where I was at from the long layover. Layover, And obviously with the coronavirus, couldn't really control that. Oladipo told reporters during Wednesday's Zoom availability. But now, coming down here and getting some practices in, getting my feet under me, getting out there, playing with the guys is a possibility that I could play. I'm just reassessing myself and my body every day. I think people fail to realize, like I said earlier, that this injury that I have is very unique. No one of my stature, of my ability, has ever had this injury before. So, What is that? the injury? I'm sorry. I think patellar tendon. Okay. So there's no one else that I have to look up to or could reassess from. So I'm learning and growing as the days and weeks go on just like you guys are, but no one understands or knows what I feel or what I'm going through internally or what my body feels like. I know I'm capable of. I know what I'm capable of. I know what standard I have to get to. I know how my body needs to feel in order to perform at the level that I'm capable of performing because if I don't do that well, then everybody's going to write about how I didn't play that great um, at that great level or how I didn't look as well too. Um, so obviously we gave our uh, you know thought process with everything um, last week, but it seems to me that he's going to essentially play. And I think there's stipulations on the line as well, too. So when I say that, apparently, if he don't play, even though he's still with the team, I think he could lose up to three milli. So get paid, young, get paid. Um, But your thoughts on um, him potentially coming back, if he comes back, obviously, (coughs) we we kind of talked about it last week, but what does he provide uh, for the Indiana Pacers? Because I think they have at least six people six people on their team that average at least 15 plus points as well too. Um, so with him coming back, that that definitely with 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 the neutral ground of playing basketball in a series, that that could get a little scary. But what do you think? Yeah, I think that makes them a, um, a surefire threat, if anything. I'm not sure if it makes them um, anything more than just like a minor, like, all right, they're on the radar type threat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, him kind of just basically being like, yo, I came down here just to kick it, but damn, I feel good. So you niggas better watch out, yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. He's like, yo, I might, I might just restore the feeling. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I think, uh, I think it's kind of, kind of scary. You know, because it's one of those things where it's like he's, he's telling the media this, and I mean, maybe the players around him, like in the Eastern Conference, are watching him practice, possibly. Yeah, yep. Maybe it's like closed doors. Who knows? But um, you know. It's, it's something to, to, to take heed of because it is Victor Oladipo and it has been, what, like four months since we saw him come back on the floor and he didn't look bad. But he you know, good. I mean, good. Yeah, he didn't look good. He wasn't Victor Oladipo of late. Yeah, which is expected. Really? Like, even when PG came back and, and whatnot as well, too. It takes time, man. So you're Just throwing someone into the fire, like, you yeah. know, they're going to burn up a little bit. Yeah, you're going to char a little bit, but... I think it's good. I mean, if you can implement him into the system, if you can get him, you know, at least comfortable with shooting some high-level shots, uh, getting some minutes on defense, and he if he could play about 15, 15 minutes a game, a solid 15 minutes a game, 
is going to help his team a lot. Definitely from his production standpoint and, you know, him being out there, he's not going to be the number one option per se, hmm. but he can get you bu- buckets and he – he was the number one option at one point and, until his his body gets right, which won't happen now. But it, he again, he's a threat. So I think it's interesting. It'll be something to watch. And if they if they sneak a couple people just by him being out there, more power. Yeah, definitely more power as well too. Uh, moving on to our next topic, uh, another low blow. It feels like the Lakers just can't catch a break. Um, Rajon Rondo a couple days ago fractured his right thumb and is expected to miss six to eight weeks um, so season? as well, too. So basically the entirety of the season. Yeah. But the way it's looking, if the Lakers get as far as they need to be, um, he may be available uh, as well, too. And his coach had already said that he's going to um, – I think he's going to make, make him be a part of like, the coaching staff for the time being as well, too. So mm-hmm. um, obviously Rajon Rondo is 34. There is a myth that is actually a true myth that – there is a such thing as a playoff Rondo. Um, so, you know, there's players who have their regular stats during the season, and, you know, once the playoffs arrive, every specific – every individual stat arises. He's one of those players who really ups his shit. Um, so, losing Avery Bradley, who's basically – would you say he's a a point guard, combo guard? How would you assess Avery Bradley's game? Um He's point combo guard. I say a combo guard, okay. but I mean at the base of it, the best answer they have for a team with a high level perimeter player. Yeah. Okay. So with what he just said, um, and obviously losing Rajon Rondo, it kind of feels like that puts more pressure um, on LeBron James moving forward. Uh, because Rajon Rondo obviously is a veteran, and we talked about playoff Rondo, but he's one of those guys where. Let's say, you know, the starting five plays well. But before, you know, LeBron and AD get subbed out, the score is like 19 to 12 or something like that. Rajon Rondo is actually able to command that offense and essentially dictate the pace of the game just how Rondo does and put everyone in position to be successful. So literally every possession, you're going to take a good quality shot. Um, how do you feel about Rajon Rondo going away? And, that's, and is that going to be problems for the Lakers moving forward, um, whether it be the eight games of the regular season? Well, obviously that's going to give them enough time to figure out who they want to go, you know, whether it's Caruso, whether it's uh, Quinn Cook, whether it's uh, more a little bit more minutes for Danny Green, a little bit more minutes for Kuz or whatnot. But how do you feel that, you know, that conflicts with the Lakers? I mean, everything puts pressure on LeBron. Freaking if – Quinn Cook's puppy decided to take the day off. That puts pressure on LeBron. I mean, that's just that's the name of the game. Um, so it, it's something you didn't want to have to do. You know, one guy goes down, dang. But at the same time, it's like, all right, we got Rondo, a veteran player, that he's probably going to give up a little bit more points, but we can work around it. We'll get good high-percentage shots with him on the floor and stuff like that. Now, two guards down, it – Granted, this is not the same team. You probably have some more shooters here and there. You have Jared Smith now, too, as well as maybe Kuz to hit a few shots. And um, you have a Danny Green. And you have possibly a Quinn Cook that, let's not forget, got toasted up by uh, Fred Flynn Peak last year. But uh, we're not going to talk about that either. <laughs> he, got, he got toasted up. That was tough. Hopefully he's better. Um, he's sick. I love Quinn, too. He just, but he got flamed up by that man. Um, 
Specs. <laughs> yeah. So it, it it's starting to look more like a LeBron James team of, of of late. You know, not strong guards on it. Uh, LeBron's primarily playing the point guard, which he has before. He has been this this season. So maybe we won't. It's just that that playoffs are about adjustments. This that's where I'm going with this. Playoffs are about adjustments, and you throw your strongest look out there. You have to have a counter threat, and I would say maybe you would have started with your counter first, and then throwing your stronger out there coming down the stretch when you had Rondo and Avery Bradley, and you know a few more moving pieces. Now when you're going up in a seven game series against a team like Clippers, which was what we're all thinking we're going to see, it's going to be a tough outing. It's going to be a very tough outing. So it's going to come down to the IQ of LeBron, the game planning, and just the adjustments on the fly. And again. Doc Rivers is a tough person to beat like that, <laughs> you know. Not even saying the Clippers team, but just Doc Rivers, you know. So we'll see what happens. But the odds are not in their favor currently. But I mean, when are they ever for LeBron James the past few years? Facts. Um, so do you see LeBron playing more minutes, um, or do you see those minutes that were given to Rajon Rondo, given to Avery Bradley? Do you see a player like Caruso, or who would you rather? Actually, who would you rather have? Um, you know, taking up those minutes. Do you want to see Quinn Cook get more burn? Because I feel like he could be a spot up shooter. Mm-hmm. I haven't really paid attention, to, paid too much attention to his defense. He, I didn't really see him play that much, but he could be someone. Obviously, people love Alex Caruso, high energy type of guy that kind of basically does anything you need on the floor. And a lot of times, with what he does, it goes unnoticed. Um, or do you take a gamble and give those minutes to Deion Waiters, who is great at playing? Um, you know, pick and roll with anybody um, as well, too. Who, who are you going with? Um, I think that the eight-game stretch is going to tell us a lot. So I think coming in between, uh, I think, of course, you're going to give them to Quinn because there's going to be a, a, a strong base to start off with. But you're going to really throw Dion, throw a JR out there in a lot of ways, not saying that JR is going to be a ball handler, but you're going to throw Dion uh, and and see what happens. And not with the first unit per se, but we're talking about bench scoring in a way because, you know, LeBron and AD are going to be your first options at every on every chance you get. 60 points tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I think we're looking at the bench and we're really going to have to try some stuff and maybe not even try some stuff. Maybe they'll have a few plans in place and they'll lock in on those plans for the first eight games. And then once they get to the playoffs, they'll say, yes, this works. Yes, this doesn't work. And so on and so forth. Cause you have to troubleshoot within that small window of time. It's kind of like the preseason and then boom, you're right into the, <laughs> you know? So I guess it's a blessing, you know, that players are going to start the scrimmage next, next week. And like you said, they pretty much already got the number one seat locked up. So, like you said, they're going to use those eight games to, uh, like you said, mix and match um, and see what works and what doesn't. So uh, kudos to them. Mm-hmm. Another thing I want to talk about, uh, you know, um, James Harden and, and, and Russell Westbrook. So mm-hmm. it was crazy that Russ and um, Harden didn't travel with the team. My first thought was not even COVID. Um, at least from Russell Westbrook's standpoint, I thought it was like, you know, a Kawhi type of situation where it was kind of a family manner. But now it kind of makes sense because a couple of days ago, um, you know, they broke the news and basically they said that Russell Westbrook and James Harden got, um, you know, tested positive for the coronavirus. And Russell Westbrook actually broke the silence um, and I posted on Instagram or Twitter, I believe, and said, 
I tested positive for COVID-19 prior to my team's departure to Orlando. I'm currently feeling well, quarantined, and looking forward to rejoining my teammates when I'm cleared. Thank you all for the well wishes and continued support. Please take the virus um, seriously. Be safe. Mask up. Why not as well, too? Um, obviously, Harding got tested for as well, too. A lot of people were making jokes and saying, yo, he probably one of the only dudes that was at the strip club, <laughs> you know, just doing what he had to do and whatnot, which was hilarious. But, um, you know, I feel like we're still in the infant stages of the coronavirus that we really don't know how you can catch it. I mean, mm-hmm. we kind of just compare it to past COVID cases or like the common flu or whatnot, but we really don't um, know. So, you know, hopefully he can get healthy and be with this team. Um, the only thing that's going to suck, which Doc, not Doc, Austin Rivers alluded to was, you know, them taking about two weeks to get their win back, get their rhythm back. Um, but it's kind of a blessing in disguise as well, too, because we know what we're going to expect out of James Harden and we know what we're going to expect out of Russell Westbrook. Um, for the most part, we kind of know what we're going to get out of uh, Eric Gordon as well, too. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. now that, you know, these people or these players are gone for a bit, it forces other people to step up. So they're going to need that because let's be real, looking at the trends with James Harden and Russell Westbrook, you know, there's going to be nights where their shots not falling and someone else is going to have to step up. So I I, I love it for him as well too. And I think um, there's still going to be a threat as well. And then also uh, James Harden had arrived um, as well too, finally today. So I don't know exactly when they got tested, but it seems like, he he came up negative today or whatnot, so okay. now he's in that isolation. I think for like forty eight hours, and they're going to test him um, multiple times, and then if all that's good, he can start practicing practicing with his team as well too. Um, and then also, uh, Jokic came back as well too, which is dope. It's crazy. Um, yeah, the Serbian, the Serbian guy, Joker. Uh, basically, uh, he what, he wanted to travel with the team um, a couple weeks ago, but. That was delayed due to COVID-19 infection. Um, so there's a lot of traveling, uh, you know, complications. But um, like I said, he was in Serbia while the whole quarantine was going down and he found out he got tested positive. So he had to wait um, to clear up and, and, and now he's good to go as well, which kind of, you know, leads me into essentially what Doc, not Doc, he's saying Doc Rivers, Austin and Doc Rivers look alike. But Austin <laughs> Rivers had an interview uh, yesterday after practice and basically, they're asking they're asking him like a whole bunch of questions. He's a native, you know, Orlandoan, Orlandian, or whatever you want to call Orlandia? it as well, too. Orlandioian. Orlandioian. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, Austin Rivers was saying, and why I'm bringing you know Jokic and the Nuggets up as well too. And I want your your thoughts on this. But he's basically saying that you know the Rockets are one of three or four teams that seriously have a shot at winning the championship. So already our preconceived notions are the Clippers, the Lakers, that's two. Bucks, that's another one. The Rockets. Um, do you think those are the only four teams that have a legit shot to be in all, in, in all honesty out of those 22 teams that are in the bubble? Or do you think there's more? Oh, man, that's a bold statement, Austin Rivers. That's a very, very bold statement. And honestly, <laughs> how stuff be looking... Rockets are not promised anything. <laughs> but, um, no, again, I would throw a team like Philly in there and possibly a um, uh, team like Philly. I, I, w- I would – and, and 
and this is a contender, not saying that they would get super far. Yeah. I would throw a Denver and I would throw a Toronto in there. You know what I'm saying? It's going to get interesting. It's going to be harder games than we think, possibly. Definitely with all this COVID in and out of class types going on. Mm. But I think that's a bold statement to make. I mean, yes, yes. I mean, the matchups that might be astronomical, that might be one of those things where it's like, yo, we've all been waiting for this. Those will come up down the stretch. And those are involved teams that he said, yes. But him saying the, only those four teams are going to have a chance at winning the title type, uh, I can't hone in on that. It has very much truth to it, but I can't just say flat out, yes, you're completely right, because there's a lot of factors going on and changes. Unless we're just going to get lied to and people are going to skip out on testing, they're not going to let people play. You know what I'm saying? Imagine a game seven in a series and your superstar gets tested for, for COVID. Like, from a league standpoint, are you going to tell them you have to go? Mm. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yes, but still, like, mm. you know? Yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying. And, um, yeah, he's – I mean, that, I mean, everyone's entitled to their own opinion as well, too. I definitely think the Rockets have a chance. I mean, they have – this is the era of the dynamic duos, and they have two MVPs on their team. Yeah. Um, so – I agree with him that they can, they're going to be able to compete for a title, but I disagree with him. I feel like it's a little disrespectful to only rank those teams as well, too. Like I said, we're assuming it's the Bucks and, you know, the two Los Angeles teams as well, too. But like you said, I agree with you, bro. Um, the Raptors are the reigning champs. Like, don't disrespect them. Obviously, they lost Kawhi and they lost Danny Green, mm-hmm. but they still have their essentially – their core intact. Pascal's gotten better. OG's gotten better. A lot of players have upped their game, and I think Nick Nurse is, in my opinion, the best coach in the Eastern Conference right now as well, too. So you have them. You have the Celtics with Jason Tatum emerging into a superstar before our eyes with a dog like Kemba yeah, with all that Celtics. wing play. You have them. You have Miami, who aren't no slouch as well, too. And then you also have, like you said, Denver as well, too. Um, and those are my teams who I think have a legitimate shot at winning. And Philly as well, too. You yes. got Ben Simmons and you got, talking you got Joel Embiid. You got a lot of teams that are going to fight for that. And like I said earlier, and what I keep saying every single episode, there's no home court advantage, bro. Yeah. So it's going to come down to who has who has the most chemistry. I mean, who can who can who can essentially find that rhythm that find that rhythm be able to play uh together and like i said there's no there's no fans as well too and and who can catch that fire and who has that discipline um as well too because when you're trapped in a bubble and you're away from your family and you're away from your everyday um routine there's this is your new normal now so you have to figure out how to you know attack your day day by day so for him to say that um i don't agree so we'll see and i'm interested to see now you know, when he gets subbed into the game, who's gonna come for him? <laughs> yeah. So it's gonna be real interesting as well too. But there's 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 hope in the NBA. It's not like last year where Katie was in awards and whatnot, and it was a foregone conclusion. Like we really don't know who's gonna win. We obviously we have we can play the percentage games um, as well too. But like you said, like this is something that's completely new. And like you said, what if there's a game seven and James Harden's ruled out, tested positive for coronavirus, has to quarantine, isolate, whatever, for 14 days, your superstar is gone. They're going to take advantage of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's too early to determine who is, you know, who's going to win. This is, is what I'm trying to say of as course. well. Um, aside from that, moving on to the next topic, LeBron um, and others made some headlines as well too. So I guess I'll try to 
put all this in <laughs> one little bubble. <laughs> you like what I said there? Um, so LeBron won't Ooh. wear social justice message on a Lakers jersey. Um, so basically, he chose to wear his name, James, on the back of his jersey. And a couple of quotes from him. It was no disrespect to the list that was handed down to all the players, James said Saturday in a conference call from the, from Florida. I commend anyone that decides to put something on the back of their jersey. It's just something that I didn't seriously resonate with my mission, with my goal. And then he also said, um, everything that I do has a purpose, has a meaning. I don't need to have something on the back of my jerseys for people to understand my mission or know what I'm about and what I'm here to do as well. He also said, um, I would have loved to have a say on what would have went on the back of my jersey, James said. I had a couple things in mind, but I wasn't a part of that process, which is okay as well, too. Another notable player who um, I believe won't be wearing his, uh, I mean, won't be wearing like one of those uh, names on the back of his jersey is Kawhi Leonard as well, too. So he also had an interview as well. And basically, I, I felt what he was saying. Um, I believe if I can find that quote, where that you on that? Um, let me see. Kawhi said a Okay, so they asked him about wearing his jersey and obviously his thoughts on everything that's going on. And to him, he's, he said, I mean, for me and my teammates, pretty much everybody, we're black. So we've been dealing with this situation. We've been giving back to our community. It's just broadcasting now since everybody has been quarantined, I feel like. But I'm just going to continue to do what I've been doing, giving back to my community, educating my community, and just keeping and just keep going from there as, as well, too. Um he also said, uh, what's happened, what's happened, what everybody has been saying on the news, it's been like that for me. Um, I've been seeing these situ- seeing those situations, so it's nothing new to me, and I'm still, like I said before, going to help and educate people as well as my teammates. It doesn't matter if we make a statement on the back of our jersey. It's about doing the work as well, too. And another person who made headlines as well, too, was actually um, Jimmy Butler. So the headline for him was um, that he... Uh, wants to wants no name on the back of his jersey. Um, so a quote from him: um, "I've decided not to." Uh, with that being said, I hope that my last name doesn't go on there as well, just because I love and respect all the messages that the league did choose. But for me, I felt like with no message, with no name, is going to it's go it's going back to like who I was, and if I wasn't who I was today, I'm no different than anybody else of color. And want that to be my message in the sense that just because that I'm an NBA player, everybody has the same right, no matter what. And that's how I feel about my about my people of color as well, too. Um, so that was dope, uh, you know, choice of words and dope messages from all of them as well, too. And it comes back to a couple things. One, like I said, talking like you can you, you can put that label on the back of your jersey but what is that actually doing you know what i'm saying it's i don't think it's really creating any discussions um especially to people of color i mean the average majority may see it and say oh i mean i wonder why he's doing that but that's that's as far as it's gonna go yeah. you know as well too so lebron james whole situation is like yo like it don't matter you know what's going on because the only thing only only change the only change is going to come from being about action um, and we've talked about this in the past couple of episodes as well, too. And same with Kawhi, um, in the sense that we do see these things every day. It's just that because of the pandemic, 
the majority is starting to actually open up their eyes. But we've been tackling, we've been battling this every single day. And what I like about Jim, I mean, Jimmy Butler the most as well, too, is like, I rock with the no name because it's like, no matter the hierarchy you are, the, the level you obtain, you can be rich, you can be very well known, publicized. The fact of the matter is, if you're black, the, the fact that you're black, Rich, good, yeah, I lost my train of thought. But it's yeah. like no matter no matter how high no matter how high you think you are, you're always going to remain black. Is what I'm trying to say. So I like how he's showcasing that. But what are your thoughts on um, all of them not choosing to you know have any of those social justice jerseys or messages as well too? Uh, I think it goes back to what I was kind of saying last week in that you know these surface things are cool, but Facts. what's really going on? What's really happening? And um, the, the toughest part is to unite and we have a common goal which is the humane and equal treatment of black and colored people in this country um, but you know it, it, it hurts the process when you get into the, the nitpicky of the Oh, he's not wearing the name on the dress. He's not wearing. He's wearing name. He needs to wear his name. It's all cosmetic. And if we, you know, I think the bronze quote maybe resonates the most with me. At first, it came off like what, but he kind of got into like, yo, you guys know what I'm doing. Like, I actually do this stuff. My resume, a, you know, what I'm saying <laughs> when they see when they see James, it should be synonymous with, you know, what I'm saying. And there is a part of this that it makes it more of a detachment as far as, you know, hey, he has that on the back of his jersey. Cool. That's that message. I'm watching this person with that message on the back of their jersey instead of maybe the light clicking for some fans and some people that don't understand it and saying, hey, I'm watching a black man who, no matter the level, is subjugated and is made to be a part uh, of the results of systematic racism. No matter what level you are, the system is made to ultimately affect him and ruin him through violence, through policy, through you know, you know ultimate build. Yeah. Ultimate build. So I, I understand where they're coming from. I think there's a bigger picture to be seen Um uh, you know, sayings, no sayings, jersey, no jersey, search versus skins, don't matter to me. Arrest the cops to kill Brian Taylor. That's what it is. Yeah, I like that. And uh, I agree with you as well, too. Um, so going back to Kawhi Leonard, uh, obviously, you know, he's known for his low managing. He had a um, damn near three and a half, four months off as well, too. He made a joke, and he's like, has it been four months already? Um, I didn't I know, but he basically <laughs> said, I mean, I feel good. You know, I was able to work out, get strong, prepare for this moment now that we're in it. Um, it's about to be first practice today, so I'm excited. And basically, they're going back and forth, and uh, obviously Kawhi has been battling, um, you know, lower leg issues for majority of his career. Yeah. And basically, Doc Rivers said that, there's essentially no limits on Kawhi. He's healthy uh, for the most part. 
And that still doesn't mean that we don't want to maintain him and get him through the first eight games and get ready for playoffs. We want to be smart about this as well, too. Uh, so a lot of people, you know, always uh, bash him um, about, you know, not playing back-to-backs and being, like I said, cautious with everything that's going on as well, too. Uh, do you think this is smart for uh, Doc Rivers and that whole coaching staff to monitor him uh, moving forward? Um, and in general, just, you know, your average superstar, the Anthony Davises of the world and LeBron, who already have the number one seed cleared up. Giannis, who obviously is healthy now, but he was battling some knee injuries as well, too. And, you know, a player like Joel Embiid, who's known for not being in the best shape or having knick-knack injuries, do you think it's smart for the Clippers and then other players to kind of, you know, if you have a pretty secure spot since there's no home and away, you know, kind of dial it down a little bit or have like a not low management, but like a minute restriction on how many minutes they play for those eight regular season games so they can be healthy for the playoffs because a lot can happen between day one and day 14 if they're playing every other day. So. I think, uh, and I'll, I'll drive my point back around, but definitely if I'm the Lakers coaching staff, uh, unless it's for a rhythm standpoint, uh, just to see some new looks or whatever like that, I'm playing them for conditioning purposes. You know, I mean, I probably LeBron and AD will probably give it their all the first game back, Lakers Always. versus Clippers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's Just, where you at. And then, I, honestly, bro, I come down the stretch. I played them however much they wanted to play the first three quarters. And then, boom, let it go. Maybe not playing in the fourth from a psychological standpoint. Yeah. You know, from a competitive standpoint and from a just like, yo, what the fuck? I would play them the whole thing. But honestly, nah, we're not going to pull our cards. Y'all play the first three, see how it goes. All right, cool. We have the film. We have – you're done. You know, and then the next seven games, you guys are playing. They'll, they'll, we'll, we'll set it up stretch here. You know, you come in from the first, and then you'll sit, and then you'll come in the second. You'll go all the way to halftime. You'll sit – Maybe coming out of halftime or you come in the third, you'll sit, you come in, start the fourth, take a break, middle fourth, finish the fourth type joint. And then the last two of their games, you might not play for me, bro. Easy as that because I'm protecting you. Uh, but it comes back around to if you know that something works, why go against the grain? And, and this is not one of those things, take good to great type joint. It's like, yo, it's a machine. You know, if you know your car likes to crank during the daytime, why are you going out and trying to drive it at night? Kind of like saying with Kawhi, it's like, yo, we're going to monitor him. If he doesn't want to play back-to-backs, we're not going to play him back-to-backs. I do not want Kawhi to get hurt because Kawhi, we know, definitely runs during the daytime, you know, metaphorically speaking. Definitely runs when we rest him or, you know, all right, Kawhi, what you want to do? All right, you're going to play this game. Every other game, you're going to play four games at a startup? Cool. You're going to play three? Cool. But we know we'll have him for the playoffs because that's what he did. You know, or maybe if we're up in a series, all right, Kawhi, soreness, cool, whatever like that. We're not really worried about it. Come back. I'm playing him to the best that I know how. We're working with him because he's going to get the job done when he is playing. That's all it is for me, you know, and uh, I think that's the safe bet, the safest bet. And and it comes down to him from a, from a legacy standpoint, from a, a body understanding standpoint, from his family, stuff like that. If there does come a time where that conflicts with the actual need for him, and we're like, yo, what's up, Kawhi? Are we gonna have you? Are we not? Then, then we'll have a totally different conversation. But for right now, all is well. I'm gonna have to just do it off of the strength of this worked before. 
let's keep doing what works. And I think Doc Rivers is a great coach to do that with. Cool. So with this, you know, with with the neutral site um, taking place right now, and you know, with a player which seems like Kawhi, who doesn't thrive off of no energy at all, yeah. uh, do you think he's the most equipped to, you know, essentially have the best playoff run as a, from an individual standpoint? Again, this, Hooper's going hoop, bro. This is closed door, open gym. Like I keep saying, man. Um, the, the, your star players are going to hoop. It's going to get kind of scary. It's going to be like, yo, did he just hit a half-court shot type? Mm -hmm. This is summertime runs with refs and whistles and so on and so forth in a way. You know, it's going to be a lot more intense to that, I would assume. But it's just it's the summer league basketball. This is NBA summer league. This is, you know, in, 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 a, in a lot of senses of, of, of the, the time and the setting. So hoopers are going to hoop. Hoopers are going to hoop. Maybe even some of the guys, the B-side guys, they were like, yo, what was going on with him before? You know, the lights are, are off in a way, and the the hoopers and, and the court and the squeaks to the gym, and that's all, that's all, you know. We're, 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 it's going to reveal. This this is a different kind of light. This is like an ultraviolet light. It's going to reveal. So a yeah. blue light, a black light, you know. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Moving on, almost done for the day. Um, Drew Holiday and his wife, uh, Lauren Holiday are using the New Orleans Pelicans guards remaining game checks for this season to launch a social so, social justice fund. Um, the game checks are worth up to $5.3 million and will help start the Drew and Lauren Holiday social justice impact fund, which is designed to aid communities in New Orleans, Indianapolis, and the Los Angeles area, which obviously he has ties to. Honestly, quote from Drew, when it came down to it, it was me and my wife talking about what we could do to kind of further this movement and progression and being able to help out our community and just being able to help Drew Holiday told ESPN. We were just kind of sitting in the house, in the bed, thinking about it, and my wife said, I think you should do this, and you should do the, you should do the rest of your salary. That's a great idea because we want to make an impact. God has blessed us with so much. We know a couple of things that are important are time and money, and right now we have both. So to be able to give away our money to help further this movement and black-owned businesses that have taken a hit in COVID-19 to us, it felt like the perfect time and opportunity. So most of that money uh, will be dedicated to nonprofits, black-owned businesses, and citywide initiatives that seek to bring about equitable outcomes for black and brown communities in New Orleans, up to 1.5 LA, slash Compton, 1.5 Indianapolis, one mil, and another mill will go to black-owned businesses um, in more than 10 other cities across the country as well, too. While 500,000 is committed to institutions of higher learning, including historically black colleges and initiatives. Um, I feel like there's really no comment on that, man. I love it. You, you got anything to say? Nah, bro. Power to the people. Power to the people. Power to the people as well, too. Um, so I guess these things kind of coincide as well, too. Um, but... Uh, you know, there's been a lot of, I guess we, what we talked about last week, like one of the biggest concerns about everything restarting is like, yo, can you trust these players to, you know, stay inside the bubble and not be on any fuck shit as well too? And someone, a player from the Sacramento Kings has already broken protocol. Um, so Sacramento Kings center, Rashawn, Rashawn, I would say Rashawn, Rashawn Holmes, is in quarantine. Sorry if we got it wrong. So Sacramento Kings center Rashad Holmes is in quarantine once again 
after leaving the NBA's bubble to pick up a food delivery, seems like someone said, F those sample size meals. I need that real shit. Home what do you think he got? What do you think he got? I mean, if you're doing that, you're probably getting some Mexican food, like some tacos. I mean, with me personally, <laughs> when I do it, I get I get tacos or I get pizza or I get like Chick-fil-A. I mean, not Chick-fil-A, Chipotle. Bro, it's not Roof Chris, bro. Get your ass back in the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying, yo. So he, he basically, because of, um, you know, fucking with the protocol, he has to... He's, sub- he's subjected to an additional 10-day quarantine in his hotel room. He said, I apologize for my actions and look forward to rejoining my team teammates for our playoff push, said Holmes, who has eight days left of his new quarantine period as well, too. Um, and then also, basically, they're saying that um, players are going to essentially be undergoing um, advanced uh, protocols as well, too. Um, so some highlights, I believe, from what I had here, um, at least 14 days, uh, let me see, at least 14 days must have passed from the latter of their, where to go, of uh, their first positive test. So basically, uh, this is like something that's kind of new. So NBA forms teams that antibody tests added to return protocol as well, too. Um, I don't really even want to talk about that, but I'll just read a little bit of this. Okay. Uh, the memo laid out. Four steps each person has to clear to no longer be restricted from participating with their teams. At least 14 days must have passed from the latter of their first positive test or the resolution of their symptoms. And they must pass two negative PCR tests at least 24 hours apart. They must return a positive antibody test within the past 30 days. And they must pass a negative rapid coronavirus test before taking part in any in any close physical contact with other people as well, too. So that's one thing. Another thing, as, another thing that made headlines as well, too, is... Apparently there was a rumor with Donovan Mitchell and apparently this girl from social media who may or may not, I don't really know nowadays, have had or maybe a, like a little shorty, a side shorty of his or whatnot. Apparently he went on Instagram or Twitter, I can't really remember, <laughs> social media in general, and she said, yeah, the NBA is definitely getting canceled. Um, they already got me up in the bubble, essentially. And I guess people done their little research and saw that she was linked to Donovan Mitchell. So a lot of people were saying like, "Damn, like the things guys like like basically guys can't you know stay sane just for a week like something always That's has to happen wild, as well bro. too, which is crazy." And then it was funny too because um, Twitter went crazy with Chris Paul because the biggest thing with Chris Paul is he's the I think he's the president of the Players Association yeah. or whatever like that. So they had a lot of memes of Chris Paul, um, you know, basically being a person snitching and whatnot as well, too. And That's Rudy, funny. Even Rudy Gobert chimed in and basically said, like, yo, like, it's kind of petty if someone uses the hotline. Essentially, <laughs> we're all grown-ass men. And, um, you know, no one should, you know, no one should snitch, essentially, as well, too. So, like I said, there's a lot of pictures. There's Tom and Jerry right here. That's funny. Um there's a one with Chris, like they're saying Chris Paul 6'9", snitching as well, too. Oh um, there's just a lot of memes that came out as well, too. And a lot of people or black Twitter or social media in general just basically was like, yo, so, I mean, we're, we're basically taught and molded to never snitch. But I feel like this is the one exception where I would snitch. Um, if I saw it, I would snitch because, one... You're tampering the NBA season. You're messing with the money. You're messing up, you know, the platforms that are available to 
bring more awareness of, of issues that's going on. Okay. Um, and then also as well, too, is like you're not only putting yourself in danger, you're putting your teammates in danger. And not only your teammates in danger, you know, essential staff that, you know, are a part. So the coaches, um, you know, the the trainers and all that other stuff, you, you, the other stuff, you're putting them at harm as well, too. Um, but I feel like, I feel like, I like the rules that are in play because at the end of the day, we're trying to reduce the outbreak. So if someone's breaking protocol, then by any means necessary, this one time, this one exception, you know, I'm promising you, you won't be in the record books of snitching. By any means, snitch. But what are your thoughts on everything? You wouldn't fly a girl out if she brought you food and... Um, not not she, until if, about the bubble. And she was COVID tested? Not until about the bubble, bro. Okay. I know it's tempting because... My other friend named Jimmy, uh, he would probably say, yes, I would. Her and her friends want to come see you and bring you home-cooked food. Yeah. No? I mean, I'm a competitor, man. <laughs> okay, so, I'm just asking. So, so at the end of the day, I'm trying to get that chip, you know what I'm saying? It may not It may not be as important to the Washington Wizards, the Nets, the Sacramento Kings. Rihanna wants to see you. Then I'm breaking the rules, bro. It's like, nah. <laughs> she can wait. I, I feel like she can wait. I mean, if they got her there, they tested her like two, three times that day, <laughs> she can stay at my suite any given day. <laughs> she, can, she can wait. I'm going to get her and bring you, her back. You just had and taking her back. Rihanna. I'm going to get her, bringing her back, and and dropping her off. And dropping her off, bro. I need all that. Anyways. Yeah, um, that's that's my take on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what are your thoughts on, um, you know, the repercussions, the snitching and whatnot, do you think it's necessary? Or do you uh-uh. think they're grown-ass men, so they should be able to, you know, deal with being in the bubble? I think the NBA being such a tight-knit group is going to bring social repercussions for somebody's picking up the phone and calling the tone. From a safety standpoint, from a human life standpoint, uh, given the seriousness of this virus, uh, I can't blame somebody for that. But if you're doing it just to get the advantage, you know, that's kind of sick. In a way, but at the same time, again, no pun intended, it's all kind of sick. <laughs> so, uh, there's no right or wrong here. I mean, other than you know you're going to lose to the team, you, you saw LeBron, you know, <laughs> sneaking Chipotle. So, you know, that, and you just want him out of there. So, he probably still lose at that point. But, yeah, I just, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a double edged sword. But it is what it is. It's, it's going to be some. Rule breaking is going to be some snitching, and there's going to be, you know, the other half of it where everything's fine in some aspects, too. So we have to live with it. It's all in the pot. It's all in the bubble. All in the pot, all in the bubble. You're only as strong as your weakest soldier. So try to do your best. Um, Rashawn, you know, you guys that have already been quarantined for damn near three months. Um, so you're doing what you love. Obviously, you know, there's family to be taken into consideration. And, you know, some people just like to be a little reckless, but. Think of the bigger picture with everything that I listed as well, too. Yeah. Getting your paychecks, spreading awareness with social injustices that are going off, competing for a title, and to set an example for everyone that's watching to socially distance, wash your hands, um, just do what's necessary to you know, stop the spread of the virus. And, and that's all I really have to say in regards to that manner. But any last words you want to say closing up for episode 86 of the Caesar show uh nah keep your head on the swivel stay protected uh stay in power uh love to everybody thanks for the support as always man straight to XSIV thank you for watching episode 86 of the Caesar show yes sir that was episode well that's a wrap up of episode 86 of the Caesar show 
Trader XXIV, Sir Caesars. Make sure to subscribe on all forms of social media at Trader XXIV, at Sir Caesars, at The Caesars Show. We are out.